This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. We are the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin, and this is the very, very live edition, Monday, I think, of the Jaily News Excelsior. Welcome back, my radio family, my partners. Our number, your office number, and mine is one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Here at the Blaze, one triple eight radio. That is one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. We are wired for action, Jackson. Let's go. I, I know you will ask in response to my opening bit here, Jay, what did I ever do to you? But, which is the natural reaction, because I'm going to lead with a few paragraphs from the Sunday New York Times page one kind of lead story. I want to say again that Sunday, New York Times, page one, top of the fold, center of the page. Great big story. Sunday, New York Times, page one. And I wish you to consider two things, which is, uh, which is why I uh, lead with it. I want you to consider the substance of this, uh, of this piece. I won't tell you now piece of what, but uh, the substance of this piece, such as it is, and also from a procedural standpoint, if, if it lights any buttons or, you know, hits any buttons or raises any flags for you, which, and I will straight ahead, some hints. Page one, Sunday, New York Times. For Republicans, rising fears of a lasting split in party. The Republican Party is facing a historic split over its fundamental principles and identity as its once powerful establishment grapples with an eruption of class tensions, ethnic resentments, and mistrust 
among working class conservatives who are demanding a presidential nominee who represents their interests. Can you imagine? At family dinners and New Year's parties and conference calls and at private lunches, longtime Republicans are expressing a growing fear that the coming election could be shattering for the party or perhaps reshape it in ways that leave it unrecognizable. While warring party factions usually reconcile after brutal nomination fights, this race feels different. This race feels different. You know, according to the New York Times. Republican leaders, activists, donors, voters from both elite circles and the grassroots. Rank-and-file conservatives, after decades of deferring to party elites, are trying to stage what is effectively a people's coup by selecting a standard-bearer who is not the preferred candidate of the wealthy donors and elected officials. And many of those traditional power brokers, in turn, are deeply uncomfortable and even hostile to both Mr. Trump and Mr. Cruz. Between them, the leading candidates do not have the backing of a single senator or governor. I break into the verbatim quote here to say, gee, they don't have the backing of the establishment rhinos in the Republican Party. Can you imagine how that hurts them with Republicans who are actually going to vote in Republican primaries? Uh, Back to the verbatim read. Who do they go to? Who's your go-to guy? If you are writing a piece, and again, I won't yet say piece of what. If you're writing a piece for the New York Times and you want to diminish, attack, and assail the Republican Party or conservatives or both in any way, who is your go-to guy? I mean, obviously, you, you want a quote from a so-called Republican, right? A a quote from a Democrat saying, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Republicans suck and, you know, they're going to be a big bag of suck uh, and they're just going to be a bigger bag of suck after this year and they're committing Harry Carey. If that quote comes from a Democrat, that is dog bites man. So if you're writing this piece of blank, obviously you want a so-called Republican to keep a little bit of the man bite dog, man bites dog uh, and element, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the piece, right? Who's your go-to guy? You got it. Quote, I haven't seen this large of a division in my career said Republican (laughs) Senator John McCain of Arizona. Let me see if there's anything else really worth killing you with here. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't highlight anything else. Okay. What I wanted, what I wish to ask you, as aforesaid, is: Does anything about the substance of this piece? That is to say, the claims made therein, the suggestion, the insinuation of the piece. 
Does anything about that impress you uh, one way or the other? Now, that's what we'll be talking about today and for many days to come. Whether or not, in fact, the essence of this this thesis here, you know, is not, in fact, fact. You know, whether or not this is based in some truth. My reason for leading with it today is not to depress us, quite the contrary, uh, but it's rather to illuminate. This is really a media, really a media, our ongoing look at jehornalism. This is really a media matter more than it is a political matter, or at least as much a media matter. How so? Well, that's the procedural dimension uh, to which I made earlier reference. Do you know what this is that I just read to you? Well, one thing we know it is, is page one Sunday New York Times top story. But it used to be in journalism that in order to qualify for that kind of coverage, there'd have to be news, you know, actual news, like an event that occurred that got splashed across page one of the Sunday New York Times. Did an event occur here? Now, someone is claiming that a meta, a destructive metamorphosis is occurring within the Republican Party. Okay, interesting thesis, interesting idea. I, I grant you that. Is that breaking news? Does that belong in the middle of page one in big headlines above the fold in the Sunday New York Times? Well... I used to think I could give you the definitive answer. I I still remember in graduate school learning, becoming acquainted with the crucial dynamics of journalism, the mechanics of journalism. One of the things we had to do is, you know, here are 20 items. Where do they go in the newspaper? Or do they go in the newspaper? And if I have ever picked out this piece and said to uh, Professor Powers, well, th- this well, I put this on, I'd hold this for Sunday, and hold is a key concept here. You can't hold news, because news equals events, and events occur. And if you hold it for a day or a week, it's not news, it's yesterday's fish that's been sitting in the sun, right? So if I had answered, hold this till Sunday, and then make it page one, Let's make it our page one story. I would have gotten an F correctly because it's not an event. It's called or used to be an editorial. We'll be right back. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, 
I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 that's you, one 888 While I am mentioning Jehornalism, let me say, also in the news, quote-unquote, news now evidently equals left-wing, aging left-wing Hollywood actors, (laughs) interviewing, tracking down and interviewing the world's number one fugitive drug dealer in an interview for Rolling Stone, who will also put it on its page one. And I, as I believe you've heard, there are actually two relatively happy endings to this uh, journalistically shameful event. Number one is that doof, Sean Penn, the left-wing doof, Sean Penn, the left-wing toolbox, Sean Penn, gave away El Crapo's location. Did you, you heard this, right? By virtue of the way this was all handled, the left-wing toolkit, Sean Penn, gave away El Crapo's location, enabling international police authorities to recapture him. I'm guessing he's not going to escape this time, but I, I don't know. I don't know, but he has been recaptured. Happy ending number two, I don't mean old Sean any harm, but don't tell me you don't derive a little schadenfreude. You don't derive a little satisfaction along with me in the notion that when this story broke, that the multi-billionaire serial murderer known for cutting people's heads off and bowling them into, you know this one, the most famous El Crapo story, is that he cut the heads off, I think it was 10 or 15 people, and they went to a popular bar or restaurant, opened the front door, and bowled the heads in one by one, and then jumped in the car and left, or, you know, he had his men do it. This is who you're dealing with here. Now, you're Sean Penn, and you're a boner, 
and you caused El Crapo to be recaptured and put in a dark hole for life. Don't tell me Sean didn't spend last night lying awake, awash in his own perspiration, imagining that El Crapo may at this moment believe that you set him up, that this is not a coincidence. If this happened in the Corleone family, you think the Corleones would believe that this was a coincidence? If you're old Sean, you're, you may be at the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, or you may be in Fiji by now, but wherever you are, you're not in a place where you can't be found because there is no such place as the Corleones, quote-unquote, have proven over and over again. You tell me Sean didn't lie awake sweating bullets last night that El Crapo thinks you set him up and that you're about to swim with the fishes. Again, I mean Sean Penn no harm. I'm just looking at the dice. And it looks like the whole El Crapo thing has come up. El Crapo's for Sean Penn, which leads me, not disrespectfully, I'm just a little lost on this one. Uh, Rest in peace, David Bowie. Now, I'm not a David Bowie guy. You, you, or a David Bowie gay. Uh, I, I'm, and there's no disrespect to the dead. Uh, I would have said this the day before he passed. And it's, it's, it's never a good or happy or a funny thing when, uh, and, you know, an innocent soul passes and, and, and had to battle disease and sickness. It's no joke. It's not funny. And may he, you know, may the God of his choice, if any, grant him, you know, a restful eternity. I have nothing against the guy. But it's funny, I, maybe it comes from listening to the, uh, uh, the uh, BBC all night long. I had no idea. In, in, in the UK, this guy is not a God. This guy is God. It, Every serious show they had uh, for the last, well, for the like 10 hours last night overnight was all David Bowie all the time. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not complaining. I don't, it's their call. Uh, it's apparently they know their listeners better than I do. So, you know, for, that's fine. But I was a little surprised. I mean, it was literally wall to wall, David Bowie. It was like nothing else in the world existed or would ever again occur or was, you know, there was no one dying anywhere or all of a sudden there were no uh, pitiable refugees raping uh, uh, women throughout Europe. And yes, we now find that they are raping women throughout Europe and it goes back to uh, the summertime and they were raping women in Sweden and in Finland and in Germany and in all over the place. And they have 119 suspects so far, which sounds like a lot, but it's a tiny fraction of how many they really ought to have. Anyway, it was all David Bowie all the time, and all I could think was, 
I don't know, did I miss the boat on David Bowie? Now, look, I'm a musician. I recognize that David Bowie is a, is a singular creative character. I mean, if nothing else, I don't particularly, I mean, I heard a lot of people saying there were the big three, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, and David Bowie. I think that's ludicrous. I mean, Elvis was swell, but it was the music, not his singing, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm sure I probably hold the minority opinion, but Elvis was great, cultural phenomenon, all of that. But as voices, they were saying as the golden voices ever of crooners, of singers, single male performers. There was Frank Sinatra, there was Elvis Presley, there was David Bowie. Well, who does not belong in that group? As far as I'm concerned, David Bowie. I mean, as a singer. I never dug his voice. I never thought he had a great voice. Again, I probably hold the minority opinion. However, as a songwriter, he clearly is right there with John Lennon and Paul McCartney, which I'm not joking. I mean, I I regard them as songwriting uh, geniuses. Uh, But I never, I guess, understood what a singular cultural figure he represented to so many people. I mean, I've got a New York Times story here, surprise, that says David Bowie's enduring mark on men's fashion. See, apparently I'm not fashionable, but then I've always known that. I have style, which is timeless. Gentlemen have style. They do not have fashion. Fashion means you change the width of your tie every three months. Style is something that you wear forever, like a navy blue suit. Anyway, David Bowie, rest in peace. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393, which reminds me, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. That's not bad. Jesse from Oklahoma, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad I get that that musical from you every time I call. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that yeah. is the special Jesse fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, so it's probably good that today uh, you were able to take my call, and Friday you were unable to take my call. I'm because uh, I, 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 about which I am sorry. That's that's quite all right. It's a good thing. I've had a lot of time to to calm down and collect my thoughts <laughs> and cool off. Uh, so that was a good thing. It really was. Um, so, so apparently, I'll, I have done something to offend, which is very rare for you, uh, because normally uh, you're preaching to the choir with me. I mean, I, I just I, I agree with a lot of what you have to say, and uh, I enjoy your viewpoints, and uh, and and maybe we don't disagree as much as I think we do here. But I'll let you know. Right, well, let's get let's get let's get to the hard unpleasant uh, fact of the matter here. Uh, that Absolutely. is how I screwed up. 
Well, he didn't screw up. Now that's just ridiculous. Uh, Guru Jay does not screw up. That's, uh, <laughs> I'll say that. Now, uh, so I'm Trump. Yeah, you were saying you were saying Friday. Whoever it takes to be that can Jesse, Hillary. Clinton. I'm sorry, we, we lost you. Go back to whoever it takes to beat Hillary. Okay, whoever it takes to beat Hillary Clinton. That was your statement uh, Friday, I believe. It was something along those lines. That we need a candidate. The Republican candidate needs to be anyone that can beat Hillary Clinton, which I won't disagree not, with not, that. Not, any, not anyone. I mean, so, someone from among this field or an acceptable late entry. I can't imagine that that would happen or who it would be. Well, right. But not anybody. I mean, I wouldn't do it if it was, you know, Bernie Sanders or... Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. But the, the Republican field, as it stands, uh, the top four candidates that we have been talking about. Pretty much. Uh, what, uh, so, so basically, uh, what I took from your statement was if Trump can beat Hillary Clinton, then Trump should be the candidate. And well, while, Trump, while it would. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because I have a, a brand new update, which is a uh, brilliant call, brilliant question and topic. Uh, thank you. Because one of the great big uh, headlines of today are the new polls, which, as I said on Friday, we knew we'd get a spade of them during the weekend. And probably the headline of all of the polls, I've got a lot of the particulars about who's had in Iowa, who's had in New Hampshire, all that. We're going to talk about that today, very soon. Okay. But you bring up the heart of the matter, because as I said on Friday and I think a few days last week, never forget, all of this stuff is parsley on the plate as opposed to your steak. Because the steak is, you know, can they win? Can they beat Hillary? Can they prevent Hillary Clinton from being president? That's, at the end, the, 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 the obviously the, the quintessential question, Jesse. And in mm-hmm. the in today's uh, actually it came out on Saturday afternoon in the most recent re- very reliable poll, which is the Fox News poll of chronic uh, Republican registered high propensity voters. All of the top three or each of the top three Republican candidates that would be Trump, Cruz, and Rubio, as of this moment. Mm-hmm. All three of them beat Hillary by a margin. Get this. The least of the margin is three points. That's Trump. The greatest of the margin is nine points, which is Rubio. Beats her 50 to 41. Now, that's, I can't believe that at least on Fox, especially given it's their poll, that that's not a huge headline they're hammering on. Forget who's going to win Iowa. If if all three of the top Republican candidates right now can beat Hillary, well, that's a brand new ball game. But anyway, just let's factor that into what you and I are discussing right now. Okay. Well, uh, well, I have to kind of uh, set that aside to say what I'm going to say. That kind of kills it. No, go ahead. That I had a problem with. Go, but, uh, no, go so, ahead. I had a surprise so, witness, which I did not notify the prosecution <laughs> no. about. So, uh, so you go ahead. I did not know. Okay, uh, so what you were saying, what, the point you were making, though, was that if Trump is the candidate and Trump can beat Hillary, then that is a good thing. Then Trump would be the candidate that we would want, that we would all want, because who wants Hillary 
and I really, I'm starting to grasp, uh, thanks to you, I'm starting to grasp just how terrible it would, of a thing that it would be uh, for Hillary to be our president, and it would be atrocious. It would be the, the end of America as we know it, as you were saying Friday. Um, but, but for me, uh, and I'll let you know, I'm 26, almost 27 years old, uh, so right. I'm a millennial. Time of your life, kid. Um, uh, I'm politically aware, but not the most uh, politically active person uh, that you'll ever meet. But uh, for me, at this point, after for my whole life, I have not had a presidential candidate to vote for. I haven't. I've never been excited to go to the voting booth and vote for someone. I have not. Uh, I had one senator here in Oklahoma, and this is the only politician that I have ever been excited to vote for, and uh, and that was our our new senator here in Oklahoma. Uh, but that was the only Jesse? guy I've ever been excited to vote for. Now, Ted Cruz, yes, go ahead. Jesse, I I hate to be the one. And you never want to hear these words. I, I hope for you that you'll hear them infrequently throughout your life. Because whenever anyone uh-huh. begins a statement with, I hate to be the one to have to tell you this. Yeah. And I do. Because I, I respect and I f- affectionately respect you. But I must tell you, welcome to adulthood, kid. I, I've, I've yeah. never, with few exceptions, have I ever gone to the polls, including my own clients. Uh, you know. Uh, and felt, wow, this is someone about whom I can be really excited. I mean, really, really excited. It, 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 it's not like love. You know what I mean? There's not like that perfect one out there that you finally meet. What it is in the end is a selection of poop sandwiches. And the question is, which poop tastes least worst? Well... Well, I see, and I see that, but why can't we have, uh, Ted Ted Cruz would be a guy that I and so many others that I know that are true conservatives uh, can get excited about. I can get really excited to go to the Agreed. I'm cruising with Ted. I'm cruising with Ted. I agree. (laughs) Uh, But I I just don't understand why we ever... in such a great field of candidates, because uh, Rubio, uh, though because of the amnesty thing, has uh, really hurt him with me. But even Rubio, I can get pretty excited about. But I cannot get excited about Trump, because here's something that I love as a conservative young man, is the Constitution. It's a great document. It is Amen. a miracle document. It, it It's just the most beautiful piece of paper ever uh just it's amazing and with hillary clinton you get someone who is just going to take a crap on the constitution and with donald <laughs> well trump said. you're going to get somebody well and and with donald trump what's going to be different has he ever read the constitution i highly doubt it uh I, even as running for president i bet he, he has not read the constitution uh, while while running for the most prestigious job in the world, uh, and Jesse, just, I'll bet, away. and I'll bet you're right. But again, if we were in court, and we kind of always are in life, 
Okay? It helps organize. People say, oh, stop playing lawyer. And I say, you know what? I'm never going to stop playing lawyer because that means stop thinking critically. We're always in court because when you're not in court, you're sitting down at a table with a bunch of drunks. Uh, you know, I mean, no one stays on point. I can't stand those conversations uh, anywhere, anytime. And and I don't admire the people who can't stay on point. And, and you and I, here we are, you're right about that. And yet still, our real golden fleece here is we have to win. Or maybe more precisely put, when I catch myself, I, I, I put it more precisely, we must prevent a Clinton presidency. All right? Now, if it, it, just the math of this or the logic of this, if, if you accept, and I'm not saying you do, but to me, preventing Hillary becoming president is the most important thing that constitution loving respecting patriots can do this year if that's my task then my next question is okay how do i do that if you and i are in an infantry division together and we're given an order by the lieutenant or the captain and he says take that hill Our, the next thing you and i sit down and have the luxury of 15 seconds to discuss is okay how do we do this? And and that's all I'm saying. If we if we ever lose sight of the question, how do we beat her? Then whatever we're discussing is a luxury we can't afford. You're right. Trump is imperfect in more ways than many more ways than the other candidates, except that his strongest single demographic support comes from Democrats comes from people who would vote for Hillary or haven't voted or wouldn't otherwise vote. They're a silent majority. They're the Reagan Democrats reawakened. And and it could be the difference between winning and losing. Now, I've, I've spoken a lot, as usual, and, and, and you deserve to speak more. Please hold. We're going to break. We'll come back to Jesse and this question of, you know, am I right? Is the Golden Fleece... Is the be-all and end-all of this, is the mathematics of this, who, with whom can we best be assured of victory? Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. We're back right now with Jesse from Oklahoma, kind enough to hold over. And Jesse, uh, I want to quickly go to you. You take the floor. You know what I'm suggesting. And that is any thought other than the math about who can prevent a Clinton victory is a luxury that we can ill afford. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly bring back up something I asked you uh, a while back, and that is uh, it, when Romney uh, ran against Obama, the Christians that did not turn out to the polls, what was the number on that? Do you remember? Five million. 
Five million. That's a lot. Uh, I don't know if they were all Christians, by the way, but they were five million white voters who had voted Republican in the last election stayed home. Okay. Okay. And they stayed home. Uh, now, is are you saying that Trump, the Democrats uh, that support Trump, uh, are, are bigger than the number of five million that will stay home again like they did for Romney that are not going to get excited about Trump just like they didn't get excited about Romney? Uh, I, do you I'm, think observing, that that I'm observing that the numbers I see suggest that that is absolutely plausible. It's like the Reagan-Carter. Who elected Ronald Reagan? Democrats. Blue-collar, working-class Democrats in Michigan and Ohio and Wisconsin are and there Illinois. Any, are there any blue-collar blue Democrats working that are still registered Democrats, though? I mean, that are, that are actually going to vote for... Because it seems oh, like I a don't much think more divided people, country. Yeah. I don't, Jesse, I don't think most people go down to the, you know, wait in line and, you know, and change their registration. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I just I just vote like I want to vote. And I think it's, most people do. But good polling and uh, and very good pollsters, uh, like including the best in the world uh, that I've spoken with recently, suggest to me that the uh, political dynamic out there is like Reagan v. Carter. It's not Republicans that's going that are going to elect. I mean, again, in theory, if Trump were the nominee and he ran, we may be facing Jesse a circumstance in which any conventional Republican or conservative who is identifiable as such in the minds of people is not going to win. It's got to be, okay. if it has to be a politically speaking, no disrespect intended, honestly, but if it has to be a political circus freak that turns out people, and I'm not saying anybody, because I believe that, that there are people who would act the way you or I would act in making policy and decisions who may be an outsider. We may have to take a chance. I want Ted but Cruz. Who? I have always wanted but, Ted Cruz. But, but who wins? That's... Thank you. We just did a role reversal there. But but who can win? And at the end, I'm going to cast my vote for, ready? I'm quoting Bill Buckley, my hero. I'm going to vote for the most bigger C, small conservative candidate who can win. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Blaze Radio Network. We are the Jelly News. Excelsior. Welcome back, my partners. I am Jay Severin, and let me say this very quickly. I mean, I've gotten a few, just a few, but one's enough. I've gotten some tweets from uh, fellow partners 
ranging from you are now a Democrat, that's quoting one, to why must we compromise? You know, why must we always compromise? Let me address that. I'm, my job is to think as critically as possible, insinuating into that thinking as much experience, knowledge, and judgment I may have derived from working deeply in the industry of politics uh, and media and polling for 30 years. Doesn't make me right. But I, I, may, may, maybe it makes me the most informed wrong person in America when it comes to this. The most informed wrong person on the radio in America. But, no, you know, I've, I've, I've got here what, for you, what could be called some educated guesses. But they're not guesses. They're surmises. They're, they're you know, this is the maths, as they say. It is what it is. Now, as for this matter of we must compromise, every day I present to you the newest information and my newest thinking about it. Again, I'm not always going to be right. There's a first time for everything. But calm down. I'm not going to say to you, don't worry, it's early. It ain't early. It's late. It's getting late awfully early around here. It's late. But as many of us had hoped, and a few of us with the requisite experience have predicted what would happen, who predicted that Cruz, when Cruz was 10th, who told you Cruz was going to be, who's going to just shoot up there as Carson collapsed and that Cruz would inherit the Carson vote. I mean, okay. I mean, we've been on a lot of these things from before day one. What I'm saying now is don't, don't worry. I like where we are right now, especially because, and nota bene, the newest polls, and one of them is a very, very reliable poll, shows that Ted Cruz can beat Hillary Clinton, which means that the existential problem that so concerns Jesse and correctly concerns him, he's right. You know, why, why would you ever pick a wild card that you don't know if you could pick someone in who, and I'm being biased here. I'm a Cruz guy. Always have been. Why would I pick anybody other than Ted Cruz so long as I believe Ted Cruz can win? I say to you at the same time, why would I pick Ted Cruz unless I believed Ted Cruz would win? My objective, and and this comes down again to logic and arithmetic. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very bad at the latter. I'm awfully good at the former. So let's just stick to logic for for my sake, okay? Our number one objective, number one, most precisely put, is not to elect Ted Cruz, 
or anybody else whose name you could put in that blank. That is not my objective. If that's yours, God bless you. Good luck. We may end up on the same page. But what I'm devoting myself to, personally, professionally, to the degree it's appropriate, everything else, what I want, in short, is to prevent, if I got to argue before the Supreme Court, or I get to speak to the Almighty between now and then, and I only had a few minutes to speak, a few moments, a few seconds, golden seconds to speak, where you had to capture everything you wanted in a bumper sticker. I would not say, my objective is to elect Ted Cruz. My objective is to elect Chris Christie, or whatever it happens to be. No, my objective is to beat Hillary Clinton. My objective is to prevent a Clinton presidency. And if that's your objective, and I'm preaching a little here, but I, you know, it ought to be, as far as I'm concerned, if that's your number one objective, the arithmetic of this becomes pretty simple. Well, not simple, but it becomes clearer. Your loyalty, in the end, and again, this is all derivative of William F. Buckley's timeless axiom, which I have followed from the moment he said it, and that is, again, I will always vote for the most conservative candidate who can win. Now, I've not always followed this in my lifetime. I practically ruined my business representing Pat Buchanan. I can't tell you how many contracts the Republican National Committee made sure I never got. How many campaigns, how many candidates, how many clients that I never got or lost because I represented Pat Buchanan, especially when he ran against a sitting Republican president of the United States named George Bush. You know why? Because I was like Jesse. I mean, I mean that in a good way. I said, you know what? Damn the torpedoes. Full speed ahead. I want someone about whom I can be excited. Pat Buchanan and George Bush? A no-brainer. I'm not only going to support Pat Buchanan, I'm going to work for him for free if I have to. And I did, not for free, thank God. But I did work for him, and and it cost me. And you know what? I'm not complaining. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying it's life. And rarely is life as simple as, wow, I'm going to have, you know, exactly this, and I'm going to have exactly this for dessert, too. It's going, I'm going to have both. It's going to work out. I'm going to have two desserts. I'm going to eat only desserts, or if you're like me, only steaks, and it's going to turn out perfectly. Life ain't perfect. And I tell you, the furthest thing from perfect is political life and political choices. I am not advocating compromise. I am observing it. I am recognizing its reality. And what I'm saying is, I know what my objective is. My objective is to prevent a Clinton presidency. Now, now that I know what my objective is, 
I can take a cold-hearted, dispassionate look. I can set up some arithmetic model uh, or, uh, or otherwise of how I achieve that. Because it's much more realistic and much more effective in the end than saying, well, I'm in this because I want to elect Marco Rubio. No, I don't want to elect anybody. I want to make sure Hillary Clinton ain't elected. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And you are my partners. And let me say again before we jump to the phones, we have partners on the phone that, see, I'm much more optimistic than I think some of us are taking me for. I think that Fox is burying its lead. Of all of the numbers, which uh, uh, we will get to today, the new numbers, the most important of all those numbers is that three top Republican candidates, including Ted Cruz, all beat Clinton. That renders this angst we're going through academic. If the candidate you love can win, well, that's that. Now, I think a lot of us may be mistaking my position. Give me give an example real quick. Uh, in, in the Fox News poll, uh, a reliable poll, and look, it's today. It ain't November, but it's all we have to go on. Fox News poll is in accordance with all the trends as I understand them and know them to be from my contacts. Hillary is fading in certain quarters. Republicans are rising. Now, the top three Republican candidates are Rubio, Cruz and Trump. Trump beats Hillary by three points as of today. Cruz beats her by, I think, five points. And Rubio beats her by nine points. I think maybe you think, some of us think, what I'm saying is, okay, then let's go with the guy that beats her by the most. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... So long as the candidate I love and want crosses that threshold, as long as if it was 50-50, if there were five other Republican candidates who were beating her by 10 points, and it was Cruz right now at 50-50, or if it ends up, you know, Cruz 50-50, or 50-48, the wrong way, as long as I've got a chance... I'm going to vote for the guy I love. I just need to know that I have a reasonable, logical, rational prospect of achieving my goal. No, Hillary. Jacob from Michigan, thank you for your patience. Hey, nice to talk to you, Jay. My pleasure. So, 
I have a theory, and um, I, honestly, I just wanted somebody who's way smarter than I am with this stuff uh, to to listen to it and uh, give me your thoughts on well, it. I'm sorry, he's he's not in now, but I'll take your call. Yeah, I'm talking about you, man. So, um, <laughs> anyways, um, honestly, I I don't think that uh, Hillary is the one that we have to worry about in the election. So I think your uh, your your fear about beating her is uh, kind of uh, mood point. Do you, you think uh, Bernie Sanders is going to win the Democrat nomination? I do not. I don't think anybody that you're seeing on stage right now for the Democrats is the one that we have to worry about. Really? <clears throat> I, I honestly, I, uh, I think Michelle Obama is going to uh, swoop in um, shortly after um, the field's narrowed even more than what it is already. Well, you know, I'm. You, you realize you're going to receive at least one pat, one lawsuit of a, a patent uh, nature from me if that happens, because I've talked about this before. But let me say this I about must have your missed theory. That show. Sorry, I apologize. No, 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 no. And I would never claim it were it not so. But but I haven't I haven't mentioned it in eight months probably. So okay. you own it. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, the 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 possibility has come up on the show. Is all I'm saying is. Okay. But look. If you're you're this right, if she doesn't do it, she doesn't want to be president. That's sure. how much I agree with you, because I think if Michelle Obama announced tomorrow or, you know, and there is such things waiting too long, no matter who you are. But if she announced within a reasonable time frame, let me give you one. OK, to add on as a proposition attendant to your theory let's suppose as is now being supposed that bernie sanders might defeat hillary clinton in iowa and then again in new hampshire which which a lot of that which almost everyone will say this means an enormously drawn out painful self-destructive expensive and maybe self-defeating Democrat primary that goes all the way to the convention, right? If mm-hmm. if Bernie Sanders beats uh, Clinton in Iowa and New Hampshire, and the next day in New Hampshire, Michelle Obama showed up and announced her candidacy, would she win the Democrat nomination? I think I so. I believe so. Well, and I, I had a, a similar theory as to how it was going to play out. Um, it, Go ahead. It was. It has something to do with uh, the the way that the FBI and the Justice Department are um, taking a look into Hillary about the Benghazi and the email scandals and stuff like that. Um, yes, I think which they're, you, they're you are aware, I trust, has this. broadened critically. They are now, Catherine Herridge, a terrific source at Fox News, uh, is reporting as of this morning that three reliable sources in justice are telling her that the investigation for months has pivoted to focus on whether or not Hillary Clinton committed fraud and other felonies co-mingling the activities of the Clinton Family Foundation and the Department of State, whether, i.e., whether she was selling, bartering influence and information with foreign countries in exchange for millions of dollars in contributions. Yeah, yeah. So that honestly, that's why I think they're they're waiting so long is they want the field to narrow and to make it through the primaries, and then um, Michelle's gonna 
swoop in and, and steal the nomination. Uh, right All right, let me ask you this, though, devil's advocate. As much as I may agree with your, your thinking and applaud it, where do you get over the Loretta Lynch problem? Jim Comey is head of the FBI. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. He's an old Bush guy. It's not the highest recommendation in the world to me, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but it's better than him being an old, you know, George McGovern guy or a, you know, some kind of half a commie. Okay, so mm-hmm. Jim Comey, director of the FBI, probably will demand, in the best case scenario, uh, an investigation, an indictment. But Correct. he works for Loretta Lynch, who is yep. who is the Attorney General, and Loretta Lynch. Is under Obama's desk right now. Correct. Yeah, and well, and honestly, I think that works out well in Michelle Obama's favor because uh, you know Loretta Lynch and uh, Valerie Jarrett are very close to the Obamas, and it's been pretty well documented that um, uh, neither ah. of those want Hillary to. Um, I see. Be the so you think the you you agree with the dynamic, but you you see it going in exactly the opposite direction as I'm suggesting you know you say that's right loretta lynch will make the decision and exactly because she is an obama puppet she will engineer it such that your scenario evolves that michelle obama is left with a field to run in well right and i think that's honestly why the uh, joe biden uh so quote unquote made the decision not to run uh to nominate himself or to run did you hear his quote from did you hear his quote from Friday night? Uh, the, uh, I don't know if this was from Friday night or not. The one where he thinks about running every day and, yes. and regret. Every day. Yeah. Every day. he. I think the word regret was in there. And and I yeah. don't know that this was. They, someone claimed that the, he said this to them, but he's not fessing up to it. So uh, I, maybe I shouldn't use the word quote. The alleged quote is the sentiment that Biden expressed to someone is, I think about my decision with regret, you know, not to run every day. So yeah, I think there's that's that because factor. it wasn't his decision. I, right. I, I think he was told he wasn't Perfect. going to run because he would ultimately get the nomination, which would make it very hard for them to uh, throw Michelle's hat into the ring uh, later on. Jacob, great think, great thinking. I mean, you know, we don't know who's going to end up right here, but you've displayed uh, great thinking here. Good for you, and thank you for doing it here. On the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, you know what's going to happen? What Obama wants to have happen. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Reminding you, partners, that we, meaning Skip and Doc and I and others, will be with you the blaze after dark. Yes, count them twice, twice, well, actually three times, but on two different days this week. We will be with you immediately following tomorrow night's State of the Union address live, and then we will be with you before and after the big boys debate 
Well, after the little boys debate and before the big boys debate, then again after the big boys debate on Thursday night, the next debate, which is going to settle so much. It's 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 only huge. You you know what this is shaping up to be. This is now the there are there are three wings of the Republican Party at this moment. There is the outsider wing, Trump and Cruz. They are battling our Trump and Cruz, which is why Cruz, which is why Trump opened his rally in Nevada yesterday by saying to the crowd, "Is Ted Cruz an American?" And the crowd responded, "No." Well, he didn't say American; he said citizen. And they said, "No." I mean, we really don't need this. You know, a lot of voters are afraid of this, including Cruz supporters. Now, I didn't think this was going to stick, and I still kind of don't think so. But I'm getting worried because I know, happen to know that Trump may be doing things largely on his own, but I know he's not without good polling. And if the good, expensive polling is telling him that he, you know, he may lose four votes when he out of ten when he questions Ted Cruz's citizenship. He gains six. So long as that's true, you're going to keep hearing it. And so long as people fear, you know, they don't want anything to screw this up. And so the problem is you've got a lot of undecideds and not an inconsiderable number of Cruz supporters or Cruz leaners who, when they hear this, say, oh, geez, you know, I just don't need this. You know, I don't need a lawsuit. And we've already got a Democrat Congress. I mean, it's brilliant, tactical. It's evil, awful stuff, but it's brilliant, uh, tactical stuff. Alan Grayson, a Democrat congressman, he's a nut uh, from Florida. He's a Harvard nut, so don't dismiss him. He's nuts, but he's Harvard nuts, okay? He's got brains and money and influence, and he's threatening a lawsuit. Uh, to disqualify Ted Cruz, and people are saying, "Oi, this I need." You know, I, I really don't. I don't need this kind of you know, complication in my political life. They're worried, and the longer that that Trump hammers it, you know that means his pollsters are telling him that he is gaining from it, that he is hurting Cruz. Because the moment he shuts up about it. That means he's reached the laws of diminishing returns. And his pollsters are telling him, you're actually, every time you mention that, you're losing votes. So shut up about it. That's how we'll know. Yesterday, Trump opened his rally in Nevada with Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. That's what was playing when Trump got up there and said, is Ted Cruz a citizen? No. So we don't need this. This we do not need. Ed from California, thank you for your call and your patience. Hey, thank you for my call. How are you doing today? Um, I just um, well, thank that. you very much. Oh, good. Um, I wanted to talk to you something about um, that guy earlier who said that Trump probably never read the Constitution or anything. Um, my point was that every elected official swears on the oath of the Constitution. 
to right. uphold the Constitution, and look what they do to it. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's read the Constitution, but or I'm not saying he's read the whole thing and, you know, was a constitutional scholar like Obama claims he is. So what difference does it make? Ed, half of the Founding Fathers were, roughly half, were the most brilliant men the world had ever seen and may ever again see. It was said, by the way, about a few of the Founding Fathers that they were the last men who were knowledgeable of all knowledge that was known at that moment in their lives. Of all things one could know, they knew it. They knew everything there was to know in science, geography, history, you know, everything else. And they spoke like, you know, 17 languages. They, they were in possession of all the knowledge it was possible to know within their lifetimes. And that maybe we shall never say, see that again, obviously just because of the volume of knowledge. But, you know, the other half were farmers. They were merchants. They were lawyers. They were farmers, some of them. And all that was required is that an honest farmer knew what it was like to get up and do a day's work and and make, in in a given circumstance, to make a rational judgment consistent with the values of the American people. And my... You know, in with, case of fire, break just, glass, just and pull handle, I'm just, the only reason I say this about Trump is in the unwanted, in the unpreferable, least preferable emergency circumstance that Trump becomes our nominee, remember, you know, what you need, what we'd like, what we want is, is Ted Cruz. We want, a you know, a proven conservative, constitutionalist, conservative. But in the end, in in case of emergency, break glass, pull lever, we, we can't have Hillary Clinton. And therefore, if we get a farmer, if we get, if we get a guy who never has read the Constitution, but who will, in a given circumstance, make a policy or a decision that you and I and most of us would find sensible, agreeable, and constitutional... I don't care if we don't get a scholar. I would prefer one, but it ain't the end of the world. Hillary Clinton is. Absolutely she is. And that was the point. You know, with the Obama thing here going, you know, the only thing they're worried about is the Muslims, making sure that the Muslims and Islam is all this. I mean, that goes with the House, the House bill that, you know, you can't say anything bad about Muslims. It doesn't say anything else about any other religion, which is a clear violation of the Constitution. And each one of these people is, you know, swore an oath to the Constitution. And that, I mean, if that you're saying if you're saying that we could do, and again, I, I I'm going to get ten thousand tweets here that say, ah, ah, you're for Trump. You know, I'm I I don't know how many times I can say. And I've said five years before everybody else that I'm for Ted Cruz. You know, I don't know how many times I could say it. All I'm doing is is ta- is picking different scenarios and thinking about them and analyzing them. If you're saying, Ed, we could do worse, literally, we could do worse than Trump. That is literally true. We could do worse than Trump. Clinton. 
and 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 you could do worse than Trump because we probably have done worse than Trump. Was was Harry Truman a smart guy? Harry Truman made the decision to drop atomic bombs to end World War II. You know what he was before he was president of the United States? Um, not offhand, I do not know that. A haberdasher. He was a clerk in a men's store selling uh, socks, underwear, and ties in Hannibal, Missouri. Now, of that moment, someone might have called up a show and said, Ah! Ah! The guy's an underwear salesman! Ah! But you know what? We probably could have done worse. The only one I want is one that is for America, whether it's Trump or Cruz. Gotcha. I want America back the way it used to be when I was a kid. We well, could go out and you know, kids could get a job. And they, you know, and kids were kids. Yeah. Well, I want that too, and I don't think to to. I know a lot of our critics, Ed, yours and mine, will say, well, they'll, first of all, they'll attribute all kinds of evil racist, homophobic motives to our longing for the leave-it-to-beaver, father-knows-best America they claim never existed. And 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 uh, if you've been with me a while, you know my line about that is, don't tell me it never existed because I lived there. I grew up in that house. Leave-it-to-beaver was, was real. Father knows best was real because I grew up in that house and so did my friends. But to at least some great degree, and I measure it, I think probably the way you do. Um, my father, on one salary, bought a home. We yes, had uh, two cars. We went on vacation, and he put two kids through college on his salary. And he was not a Ph.D. or anything. He was not a physician. He was not an architect. He was not an attorney. Well, uh, he was a professional, know, but he was point. not, you that know, so try that today. Free college, why not give them free vocational school? Well, they can learn to be a free doesn't, or a fitter or something right, like that. free doesn't exist. But as oh, to no the essence of your free. point. There's no, I, I mean, how are they going to pay for the college football teams if college is free? Right. How are they going to pay for the professor? If, if college is free. No, there is no such thing as free. But your larger point is cor- is correct and very important. D- when did people not notice, uh, I, I, and, and to give him credit, Marco Rubio was the first one to say it out loud about three or four months ago. Welders make a heck of a lot more money than about of 100 other occupations that you would guess, you know, would make more or are regarded as, quote, unquote, more prestigious. You know, plumbers, master electricians work and they make a, they work. You can't get them. You know, you can't get one when you have to have one. You can't get a great plumber and a master well, electrician a welder and, for 20 years. Well, there you go. I mean, I, you know, I it, it, in the end, that's what I want too. I mean, we, we, we don't want something that is fanciful or wildly idealistic. What we want is a world where people look at Islamists and say, not here, thank you, where we look at the refugees raping women all over Europe and say, we're going to invite tens of thousands of them here? No, thank you. We, we look around then, at crime and we say, we're going to punish crime. 
We're going to reward virtue. We're going to punish vice. We're going to be the United States of America again. That would that would be nice. And another thing would be nice, the State of the Union address, I saw what was going on with that, where they're getting an empty seat for this and inviting in Syrian refugees. Yeah. Why not yeah, give, an empty seat to, yeah. give an empty seat to the Kate Steinle family or invite them in? Amen. And th- I've got to, I've got, I've got to, I've got to jump. Thank you. And let me just say tomorrow night, State of the Union, if I, I don't want to forget to say this tomorrow night, it's important for one reason only tomorrow night is the first full length feature film version of Obama's commercial for himself for when he leaves the presidency. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. All right, partners, let's get to these numbers later than I had hoped, but we will hit them first thing tomorrow as we prepare for the State of the Union, otherwise known as a full-length commercial feature film promoting Barack and Michelle Obama for what he intends to do and how he intends to cash in politically, financially, and otherwise when he leaves the White House. Tomorrow night is his first speech as a former president, in effect. Think about it. Uh, The new polls, there are many. There will be many more tomorrow. I will see them all. I will do my best to distill them, picking a a rolling average, if you will. Also, tips from insiders whose names I cannot use here on the air, with whom I am in regular contact, uh, and sometimes just pick the best poll. In this case, it's Fox. And it tells, here are the highlights. Cruz, Rubio, and Trump, as of right now, all beat Hillary Clinton in a general election. (laughs) Um, Bernie Sanders is closing in on Hillary Clinton in the early states. The plausible scenario includes that Sanders wins in Iowa, then Sanders beats Clinton again in New Hampshire which, at least in the minds of Democrats, confuses things. They want it neat, tied up, and finished. It may not be for Hillary. That would be also a good thing. What would be a great thing is if she's indicted for the felonies we know she has committed. Uh, The Republicans, don't forget, in Iowa, in just days, it's a caucus. This is why how Trump does is so important. Ted Cruz has been to all 99 counties in Iowa. He has a ground game. We'll talk more tomorrow about what that is. Cruz has a ground game. Trump does not. Trump has his name. Is that enough to get people to go caucus in the freezing rain for three hours? Be with us tomorrow, would you? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.